one. Single. Simulcast. Single simulcast. Batman Wild Rashani. All I gotta do is talk. Uh, I have no idea what episode this is. It's been a really long time. Um, if you're listening, you're probably shocked. Um, or you're checking us out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, um, singlesoundcast.com, which is still the movement. I want to thank all of y'all for listening. Um, winter is here. Um, voicemail number is 916-572-9016. If one of y'all could actually call it just to make sure it works, I'd appreciate it. Um, email address is singlesomelcats at gmail.com. I'm tired. It's, it's, it's hard to do a solo podcast when you just... A lot of times what happens is that I will start doing the show and then halfway through just stop. And then by the time I'm ready to do the show again, the topic is no longer relevant. So I just, you know, move on. Um, but we got to I got to I got to do this. I got to work. Um, tax season is here. And... My beloved and I uh, just got done finding out that even though uh, the government takes money out of our paychecks for taxes, we still owe, which doesn't make any sense to me. How do you take my money and then tell me I owe you money? Shouldn't you owe me money for taking my money? Isn't that how a a robbery or, or something works? Like, if you keep taking my cash... At some point, you shouldn't turn around and say, we didn't take enough cash from you. You owe us money. And I never understood how that worked. In other places, people probably get money back. I know in Colorado, people get money back because weed is legal there. Um, But here, not nearly so much. Uh, Here in California, weed is prevalent. Weed would be a, a, a bumper crop. Weed would definitely... We, nigga, we got albums called The Chronic. You don't think weed would sell here in California if you made it legal or whatever you want to do? And you know what else you should do? When you make it legal, you should take all of those poor... I'm not saying poor like out of money. I'm just saying poor like y'all fucked them. Poor people that you put in jail for selling weed. You should take them out and you should make them salesmen. Just like that, as soon as you make weed legal, you should take everybody out of the jail that you put into the jail for use for selling weed and make them salesmen. Make it like a, 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 a what the fuck are those vacuum cleaners called? A Kirby vacuum cleaner thing. You know, make it so then the um, they can go door to door and sell weed. Set appointments. Have you can have canvassers. You can have people who uh, leave flyers on people's doors. Like, uh, would you like a free holistic uh, therapy session 
and people will know that means fucking weed. And so if they're interested, they can call this number. That's what Kirby does. Kirby goes door to door and they leave notes saying, do you want a free um, carpet cleaning? Nigga, I should have done that in college. Just go door to door in the ladies' dormitories and say, would you like a free carpet Anyhow, um, they wouldn't have taken it anyway. Uh, my my number one line in college was, "Do you want to see my new uh, my new carpet or my new blanket?" Or uh, I know a guy who put glow in the dark stars on the ceiling and was like, "Do you want to see the stars on the ceiling?" None of them worked. Anyhow, um, they should have weed salesmen. Where you could say, do you want a free holistic therapy session? And then they know that that's weed. And so they call the number, which can be something like 1-2-Cannabis. Because C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S. C-A-N-N-I-C-A-N-N-I. I keep trying to spell like that punk-ass rapper. But... They could dial something that has cannabis in it, and then they would get to the the canvasser who would then dispatch somebody out, and they would just show up like a weed salesman. They'd have a whole setup. It would be like the 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 knives, you know, the people who sell the knives in the neighborhood, and they got the Cutco knives. That's what they call Cutco, and um, they would have their whole little setup, and they'd have stands, and they'd have samples, and they'd be like, "Check this out." Here, come into the bedroom, I want to show you this. And then they'd be like, all right, lay down and take a hit of this spliff. You take a hit of the spliff and you feel really relaxed. And they're like, see, that's that mellow. That's that mellow. Because they, they talk like that. Weed salesmen, I don't fucking know. I don't smoke weed. Anyways, they would be like, that's that mellow. And you'd be like, I feel so mellow. And then everybody would be mellow. And then you go back into the front room. And then they would have um, an ambiance. Uh, brownie, not a weed brownie, just an ambiance brownie to take away your munchies, to cure the munchies that you would have, so then you'd be able to concentrate on the next batch of weed that they will be showing you, and it could be like a whole club. You can uh, buy into this weed program for, shit, how much do people pay for weed? Really, how much do people pay for like a, 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 you know who knows? I don't. I really don't. But, um, like, I guess a dime bag costs $10? I don't know. Like, is that why it's called a dime bag and a nickel bag is $5? I'm hoping. But, so if you buy a dime bag, like, 10 times a month, obviously that's $100. So... Um, they buy way more than that. So if this weed club, you could have the premium membership for like 400 bucks a month where not only would you get weed brownies and, and the mellow and the, um, the uppers and the downers and the one that gives you a look at the purple hairs on it and the Shrek and the, um, acid rock and the, um, the two chains. These are all things I heard. I hear uh, when I'm walking through downtown, and people are whispering it to me. They're either trying to sell me weed 
or they're trying to sell me fucking mixtapes. There's no in between. There's nobody who. There's nobody anymore who's just standing out there trying to sell me a. Uh, nope. Take that back. Got hit up by a guy trying to sell me bootleg movies a couple days ago, and I turned around and said, "Nigga, what? What year are we in? Seriously, like, dude, you don't have U-Torrent? I got it on my phone, and you're trying to sell me what? What the fuck is this? It's The Incredibles. You're not even trying to sell me The Incredibles. Nigga, this is called The Impossibles. What the hell is The Impossibles? What are you... What? What? So, I almost said I haven't gotten hit up by somebody trying to sell me a bootleg movie in a really long time, but that's a fucking lie because a dude tried to sell me The Impossibles and James Bond. Not James Bond, nigga. He tried to sell me James Bond. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do do you think we are that dumb where we just don't get to go to the movies? Like, you think that I would just think that James Bond double O O seven and it's not even zeros. You got O's up there, homie. I see what you're doing. O O O seven. So you got triple O seven. James Bond and the impossibles. really but anyways back to the weed salesman so walking down the street do I diddy diddy dum diddy do and they are like I got that LeBron I got that Shrek I got that mellow and then you walk past them and somebody will always run right in front of you psych nobody ever runs up in front of you Nancy Reagan just died and fuck her Nancy Reagan just died and fuck her for the just say no thing. They started this whole bullshit. Her husband's the one who brought crack into the neighborhood in the first place. She started the just say no. Clinton started the three strikes initiative. Fuck all three of them. I have yet to see somebody hop in front of me like they do in those commercials. You see commercials where motherfuckers getting burned to death because they won't smoke a fucking joint. Do you really think niggas who smoke weed are mad enough to burn somebody to death because they don't want some of their weed? I'll wait. Niggas who smoke weed only think about two things. How to get more weed. And dude, if you could fuck any cartoon character that you wanted to, which one would it be? Because me right now, dude, I'm thinking of... Uh, And that's a full conversation with a weed head when they're when they're high. I know that because I don't smoke, but I listen. My cousins smoke a whole fucking lot. So you should have this club. Make it the not the cannabis club. That's too obvious. But make it the um. I don't know. Red hair society. Yeah, make it the red hairs. Society and and just go door to door and sell weed and make the folks that you locked up the salesman and then if you want I don't give a fuck you can make a white person at the top of the pyramid but you better give the black folks a chance to get the fuck up there just get them niggas out of jail niggas is getting locked up for the dumbest shit and then white folks getting out and profiting over it and they're like hey when you gonna let the folks out that you put in for doing the shit you're doing right now and they're like oh here I got that mellow I got that mellow and it's like nigga you can't sell me mellow you don't even know what mellow is you ain't smoked a day in your life 
but I did try some acid at a Who concert. Get the fuck out of here. Let my nigga Zay Zay out. He can sell better than you anyway. That nigga knew all the weed codes. Nigga, he knew everything there was about weed. That nigga was the Bill Nye of weed, nigga. He could tell me what the weed's THC quantity was. And here I thought THC was a video game company, but no, this nigga educated me and told me that it was like tetrahydrochloric. See, I forgot already because I get high. Get that nigga out. They need to do that. They need to start a weed club. I, I, I don't even smoke weed, but if they made it legal, if they made it legal here in California, I would gift it. <laughs> I would gift it. Somebody in my family would be getting a knock on the door every month and being like, and they'd open it up and one person, like, there's so many different things that you could do with weed now. Like, I saw somebody make weed brownies, of course. Uh, weed Oreos, that was weird. Me, personally, I just always had a problem with eating weed. Weed looks like bean sprouts. I can eat a weed sandwich. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. You take a sandwich, you put some uh, ham and some provolone and some mortadella and some turkey, not turkey bacon, nigga, just some turkey and some tomatoes and some red onions, not white onions, fuck white onions, but red onions are the best. Yes, I am racist against white onions. Red onions just taste wonderful on sandwiches. White onions just taste like, what the fuck are you doing here? So red onions, uh, pepperoncinis, but not jalapeno peppers. Do you hear me, Subway? Who the fuck wants a jalapeno pepper on a bologna sandwich? The fuck is wrong with you? You ask me that, and then you look at me like it's Dora the Explorer. Do you want jalapenos? No, bitch. No, bitch, I don't. I don't want jalapenos. I want the pepperoncinis. Are you sure you don't want jalapenos? Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. I, I don't want the jalapenos. No. The fuck? Who does that? Next time I walk in the subway, I'm going to just sit there for a second see who lets the jalapenos get on their they sandwich. And the folks who let the jalapenos get on their sandwiches, they are the ones who fuck off at work. But anyways, back to the weed. If you put, like, maybe... A little bit less than a less than a nickel so uh let's call it a uh, penny a penny sack can we can we call it that a dollar's worth of weed a penny sack of weed if you put that on a sandwich and cover it up with all the rest of that stuff and spicy brown mustard that's important if you do all of that i would probably be happy as shit if i didn't get arrested for it if I don't get arrested for it, I will try weed. And you know what? I would probably be the most mellow weed head ever. I would probably just sit back and play video games and lose my job and shit. So no, just say no to Rashani smoking weed or eating it. But I would gift it to my, uh, my, my family members because apparently they built up a resistance to that shit like uh, Jay on The Flash. 
So they can smoke all the weed they want and still be fine. Like they wake up in the morning and smoke a joint. Their eyes just, they don't need, their eyes don't even get red anymore. They just get a little bit peaked. They just get a little, little bloodshot. One bloodshot line will come out the right side of their, uh, their eye. Off a full joint, one bloodshot, and they're still walking around normal. I take one hit and I'm ready to sit down and talk shit about, uh, George Dukakis. So yeah, I don't need that whole thing. Just give me the penny sack. What, what, what's, what's, what's in that one? Do we have a VIP package? Can I, can I, can I see what the VIP, what does that entail? Do I, do I get an, a, a subscription to 420? What about high times? I liked high times. I don't even read high times. I just remember the covers. The covers had a lot of stuff on them. I could read that slow as shit after I take that one hit of that penny sack that you're going to sell me and then give my cousins the rest of my weed. And let my niggas out. Let them all out. And let them white kids out too. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. There ain't no white kids in jail for selling weed. The fuck is wrong with you? So, <laughs> oh gosh. So, bottom line is, there is a empire to be built off of smoking weed. Uh, you do that... And not only will the sale of weed spike, but Girl Scouts can run their shit year-round. I don't understand how the fuck Girl Scout cookies aren't out year-round. It doesn't make sense to me. It seems like they are. Three things seem like they happen all the fucking time. Number one, the World Series of Poker. Number two, the Little League World Series. Number three, Girl Scout cookies. Those three things seem to happen. Oh, and baseball season. Like, God, dog, can they just stop for a second? Can baseball season not be here for, like, maybe a year? Can we just start to, like, maybe forget that we like baseball? Because I don't. But maybe absence will know because it's been absent from my life for, like, the last seven, eight years. And I still don't give a flying rat's ass about baseball. Did I tell y'all about when I uh, pitched T-ball and I beamed a kid? Well, nigga was talking shit, so I had to I had to show him what was up. But baseball, no, fuck that, fuck that shit. I don't even remember why I was talking about that. I don't give a fuck. Fat man, wild, spin the beats. This single simulcast, we back, bitches.
single simulcast fat man wild rashani still don't know what episode it is but hey <laughs> um before we go too much further uh just want to say that i shot my wife in the face with liquid ass actually in the hair didn't mean to complete accident she's way shorter than i am um unsure of how it reached her but apparently spray trickles down for those y'all who have listened to the show for a long time i appreciate it for those y'all who are new to the show i appreciate it but go back and listen to the archives uh, available at single simulcast.com um way back like a hundred episodes ago i had the homeboy scar on and the homegirl tamika and uh tyrone also the homie um uh i'm trying to think of his name on twitter it's just so many letters and numbers um it's like binary code at this point in time anyhow had them on the show and we were talking about uh gummy worms that will make you shit and they were called haribo gummy worms h-a-r-i-b-o gummy worms and um they the the sugar free ones had something in them that would make you doo doo down your leg. So we were reading reviews of people who were dumb enough to actually eat these gummy uh, bears, not gummy worms, gummy bears, and as a result were doo dooing down their leg. And they were probably all. St- and by the way, if you don't listen to my show much, let me tell you: when I pause like that, you can just plug in whatever race you want. Usually, I'm thinking white, but um. You're more than free to think black people. I don't care. It's your house. Uh, as long as you don't think it out loud near me, because uh, you'll lose. Um, but, yeah, so at one point we were looking at this thing on uh, Amazon uh, called Liquid Ass and uh, reading the reviews of people who had uh, sprayed Liquid Ass. And I was like, nuh-uh, but I still want to try it. Nuh-uh, it's not real, but I still want to try it. Nuh-uh, but I'm going to do it. So I bought some, and here's my review of Liquid Ass. Before we get into the serious stuff, I want to do my quick review of Liquid Ass brought to you by Rashani. That's me. Um, apparently, liquid ass is strong enough to break through a stuffed up nose. That's pretty much my full review of it. I have a stuffy nose and um, I can still smell this shit. So, <laughs> I mean, it takes a while longer than it takes to everybody else to penetrate. But when it gets there, it's there. And I can smell it. I can feel it in my uh, everything. And I can tell you it's not a good feeling. So, um, Nisha got hit almost in the face with it um, because she's short. And she was trying to push me out the room. And I was trying to spray the room she was in. And, um, yeah. So... For that, I humbly apologize. Didn't mean to shoot her in the face. Um, but, <laughs> see what I did there? But, um, but if she hadn't, if she hadn't been right behind me and jumped right when I was spraying it, she wouldn't have gotten hit because I'm like six foot something and she's like four foot ten plus like seven inches you do the math uh but anyways it would have gone right over her head and everything would have been just fine so she walked into the room and smelled it and then she would have fell the fuck out but the review on liquid ass is not that not that not that good of a smell spray it at church 
Oh, that would be the best. I wonder if you can get arrested for spraying this shit. Like, if you spray it in, like, your job or at school or at church or at your mother-in-law's house, could that be, like, a um, chemical attack? If it's not, do not invite me to your houses um, or to your church. Now, <clears throat> I told you, got some real stuff I wanted to talk about today. Um, I, I've been watching the, the debates uh, because it's election year, and that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, is to watch the debate to find out what's going on on both sides of the party or on both sides of the uh, platform. And first of all, apparently Republicans, um, Republicans pay less attention to elections than Democrats. There's no way that you can convince me otherwise at this point in time, period. If Republicans paid more attention to elections than Democrats, then there will be no fucking way that Donald Trump would be the front runner this close to the the end of the uh, primaries. There is no way that Donald Trump would be the front runner. And the reason why I say that is because if Democrats saw Roseanne Barr or you know what? Fuck it. If you know what? I live in California. Said that before, gonna say it again. And a couple of years ago, what, about 10 years ago, Governor Gray Davis was messing up royally. He was messing up so royally that they recalled him. They uh, pretty much told him, you can't play anymore, and moved him out. And as soon as he um, left... He raised up gas prices before he left. I remember that. That was special. But as soon as he left, people started campaigning to run for uh, the office of governor here in California. And there were Republican uh, candidates and there were Democratic candidates and there was Gary Coleman and um, Larry Flynn and... There were a lot of celebrities, a whole buttload of celebrities ran for governor here in California. And I remember vividly that the Democratic uh, candidates that weren't real political uh, party members or real uh, people who like people who really wanted to run, who were serious about it. They didn't make it. But you know who made it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what affiliation Arnold Schwarzenegger is? That's right. He's a Republican. So when I say that California wouldn't let that 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 Democrats wouldn't let uh, a a fake person through to the end, I still stand by that. I, I saw this a long time ago. Republicans don't pay attention to jack shit. As long as you tell a Republican that you will do whatever it takes to keep uh, taxes low for the wealthy and keep welfare out of the hands of those who don't deserve it because they're probably doing drugs. How'd that work out for you, North Carolina? You had welfare uh, recipients do drug testing. How'd that work out? I don't remember. Oh, wait, I do. It wasn't good. But... 
We're at it again with Donald Trump running for president, saying that he's going to. Uh, well, he actually he hasn't actually said anything. Just keep it 100. He hasn't actually said anything, but we all now know that he's lying about the size of his dick. This is where we really are as a country as far as our uh, presidential campaigns. And if you're not scared yet to see what happens when he actually hits the airways with commercials and shit. Talking about Democratic uh, candidates and everything. You're missing out. I am worried. Because his stupidity is just bringing on more and more stupidity. More and more people are just saying, I just like the cut of that man's jib. And they're just like balling out. And I'm not going to say that it's 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 hand in hand. I'm just going to say that the year that Donald Trump really became the front runner for the Republican Party presidential candidate, the Ku Klux Klan started doing rallies every fucking where. Not saying those two things are going hand in hand. I'm just saying that one party is strengthening the other party. One party is uh, being called a fascist in Germany. Remember Germany? That's a place where Hitler ran a fascist regime. And they're saying that Donald Trump is a fascist. You can't make this stuff up. So these things are happening right now. Um... Black people are getting mollywhopped by the cops left and right. Uh, white people are appropriating the styles and cultures of black people and are literally not giving any shits about it. Um, Asian people are uh, not joining in on the, the Black Lives Matter movement until they don't get picked for any nominees in the Oscars and all of a sudden it's like why didn't black people stand up for us and we're like bitch what um, I'm just trying to sum up a whole a whole month worth of news before I get to the actual stuff that I have because I've been gone I've been sitting here and I've been watching and I've been just like is this really where the world is taking us is this really where we're taking the world rather So, I am going to uh, take a look at this. I'm going to bask in all of the fuckery that's been going on in the world in the past couple months. And then I'm going to realize that even within all of this horrible stuff that is going on, folks still don't give a fuck about indigenous Americans. I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, there's no other way to really say it. There's no other way to really get around it. There's no nothing. The world just does not give a fuck about indigenous Americans. And before I go into that, something that's been on my mind for a while. I mean, while we're talking about uh, black folks and Asian folks and indigenous Americans there's also one more group that uh, just just gets shunned so much and white people stand up talking about y'all for a second blondes yep blondes 
blonde haired people. That's as much as I'm going to give white people. Blonde haired people have been typecast, stereotyped, and just all kind of stuff to just be the dumbest people in the group, haven't they? If you go look at a book of jokes, every third joke about a person where they're not talking about somebody's fucking ethnicity is talking about a blonde. There was a brunette, a redhead, and a blonde, and the blonde does whatever dumb thing happens. The blonde is always a stupid one. The blonde is always the one that's one step behind. The blonde is always a promiscuous one. The blonde is always just the butt of the joke, aren't they? Think about that. How many blonde jokes do we know? You don't even have to say them, just think about them. I know I've heard a lot. And if you type in blonde jokes on the internet, you'll run into a lot more. Again, that's all I'm giving you, white people. So, um, have you ever thought about this? Think about not not blondes anymore. We're not we're not talking about that anymore. Fuck that shit. Um, have you ever thought about this on Halloween? Think about what you'll see outside. People are dressing up for Halloween. Think about what you'll see. You'll see monsters. You'll see Disney princesses. You'll see Marvel superheroes. You'll see whatever the hotness is that year. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever. You'll always see ninjas. You'll see wizards. You'll see ghosts. And you'll see Indians. You'll see indigenous Americans. So in the midst of all of these made up mythical things out there, you also see indigenous Americans. And that is just awe-inspiring to me. The fact that you can actually try and preference that these people do not really exist anywhere but in our fantasies, in our minds. The fact that in the book, in the cartoon, in the movie, Peter Pan... In Neverland, where they have pirates and, and, and crocodiles with clocks in their stomachs and fairies and mermaids. All of these things living together in this mythical land that you can't get to. There are mermaids, there are pirates, and there are indigenous Americans. Did I miss anything? Indigenous Americans are always looked at as the um, least of American culture. And it's funny because they were the first. They were the first. And yet they're the last in anybody's minds. Always. Indigenous Americans go through so much trauma. Did you know? Matter of fact, hold on. Y'all know how I get down. Um, let me get my music started because did you know that indigenous Americans are dying at the hands of police at an almost, it, it's a overwhelmingly sad number. Hold on one second.
Now, this is coming from Mike.com. And by the way, the um, information I was telling you the, 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 about the uh, dress-up and everything, that came from an article called Magic in North America. And it talks about how uh, in the new Harry Potter franchise, um, where they're talking about wizarding schools in other areas, they are saying that the wizards in the United States of America are indigenous americans so yeah there's that um this next thing is coming from mike.com uh the title of it is the police are killing one group at a staggering rate and nobody's talking about it um and quite simply i'm gonna read it as it is the end of 2014 was a bloody time for Native Americans. Even as protesters rallied against the police killings of unarmed black people like Michael Brown and Eric Garner in December, Rapid City police fired five bullets into Allen Locke, a 30-year-old Lakota man living in South Dakota. In a tragic bit of irony, it was later revealed that Locke had been at a demonstration against police killings of indigenous people just one day earlier. Yet, while devastating for his family and community, Locke's death illustrates a much bigger problem. From 1999 to 2013, Native Americans were killed by law enforcement at a nearly identical rate as black Americans, tying them for the most at-risk populations in this respect. The difference is that nobody's talking about it. There are 5.1 million American Indian and Alaskan natives in the U.S. as of 2011, significantly fewer than the country's 45 million black Americans as of 2013. But like black Americans, indigenous people are killed by law enforcement officers at rates that far outstrip their share of the population. While Black Lives Matter evolved into a national rallying cry for racial justice over the system, over the summer, a largely overlooked Native Lives Matter movement has been quietly galvanizing activists as well. Few mainstream outlets report on it, but the indigenous blogosphere and Twitterverse around, abound with horror stories, not the least of which is that six Native men and women were killed by police in November and December alone. I'm going to go ahead and click on Native Lives Matter and just see what it says. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into this. Native Lives Matter, a solution to police violence in Indian County and Indian Country. For every Michael Brown, for every Eric Garner, they say, there is a victim of police violence in Indian Country whose name you probably don't know. Quote, it is imperative to understand that this issue is not just about black people and white people. Despite the available statistical evidence, most people don't know that Native Americans are most likely to be killed by police compared with other racial groups. Native Americans make up about 0.8% of the population, yet account for 1.9% of police killings, said Simon Moya Smith, a Oglata Lakota journalist, in a CNN editorial last month. There is no outcry against what's happening in Native American communities. Lemoyne LaPointe, a Lakota educator and community organized from Rosebud, South Dakota, who lives in the Twin Cities, said, These are the very same atrocities that have been happening in the black community, and they've been happening without protest. It has to stop. While police and military violence against Native American people has been occurring for hundreds of years, LaPointe said a recent rash of incidents could have been avoided if police officers had been trained to use violence as a last resort. He refers to the following as cases where lives may have been saved had responding officers deployed non-lethal tactics. A Lakota man was killed, Alan Locke, uh, after attending the Native Lives Matter rally. Um, let me see... 
Mahavis Redbird Good Blanket Killed by Custer County Deputies. Um, after being diagnosed with Oppositional Defiant Disorder in 2009, um, killed in 2013, John T. Williams shot to death by Seattle police. Uh, eight-year-old Lakota girl tased by police in Pierre, South Dakota. Benjamin Whiteshield shot in Clinton, Oklahoma as family sought care. Crisis intervention team training, a solution for Indian County or Indian country. Let's go to Twitter and uh, actually look up Native Lives Matter and see what it brings us. Give me just one moment. Uh, Search. Hashtag Native see what's going on right now history teacher denies Native American genocide Native student disagrees and gets expelled yeah that was back in 2015 Um, I remember that that was actually out here in Sacramento Cal State Sacramento University was told by her history teacher that there was no genocide against the indigenous population in North America when the student Chidanabia Johnson disagreed she was expelled the professor said he didn't care for the term genocide as he didn't think it accurately described what happened in relation to Native American history Interesting. So we have to recognize that there's many battles that need to be fought on a day-to-day basis. And we can't leave our brown brothers and sisters behind. Native lives do matter. And native lives are disappearing at a horrifying rate horrifying rate um while we're talking about Flint Michigan and the situation with the water out there there's a place oh man that is far more uh far worse than in Flint Outrage erupted earlier this year as we learned that local, state, and federal officials knew about Flint, Michigan's lead-contaminated water supply for nearly a year but did nothing to address the deadly problem. But few took note when people converged in Washington to protest radioactive pollution affecting the water of Native American communities. Even though the level of contamination is far higher and persisted longer than the crisis in Flint, there was barely a peep from the mainstream media. Since the 1950s, waste from active and inactive uranium mines has seeped into the Navajo Nation's water supplies, which has led to increased rates of cancer, genetic defect, Navajo neurohepatopathy. Why the fuck do they make medical words so hard to read? Why can't they? It's so hard to say. Why can't they just put it in layman's terms? I'm just saying. I read good, but I know read good medical terms that much. 
and increases in mortality. The material that fed the Cold War by making atomic bombs possible is also found in low concentrations of ore, making its run off a toxic sludge containing other harmful elements like arsenic and lead. It's not just uranium mining that makes the Navajo Nation's water so dangerous though. Dirty coal-fired power plants have also been major polluters of both water and air through the 27,000 square miles the Navajo Nation occupies in the southwest. The latest assault on their water came just last year when acid mine draining entered the Animas and San Juan rivers following the EPA's reckless attempts to address long-standing issues with the abandoned Gold King Mine in Colorado. The spill was so severe that parts of the Animas River turned bright gold within a day. And the affected area, which passed through three states, has been declared a disaster zone. The Navajo Nation clearly certainly isn't alone in their fight against repeated violations of the sanctity of their land, not only at the hand of the nuclear and coal industry, but by the government itself. In December 2014, Mint Press News reported on a last-minute provision talking to the National Defense Authorization Act, which would allow for the creation of the continent's largest copper mine and protected national forest in Arizona, parts of which contain land considered sacred by multiple Native American communities. The land at hand involves flat, Oak Flat and Apache Leap, sacred ancestral lands in parts of the Tonto National Forest from which Apache communities have been forcibly removed. In 1955, federal law closed the land to mining out of respect for the Apache spiritual ties to the land and concerned about water safety. The plan for the proposed copper mine had been rejected by Congress and opposed by tribes for years. Yet, once it was hidden away in the fine print of the mammoth annual document that funds the Pentagon, the 2,400 acres of previously protected Apache land could be handed over to resolution copper mining, and those tribes could soon face a water poisoning disaster that's worse than Flint and comparable to the Navajo Nation. It's important to consider who snuck the policy rider into the NDAA. Two of the plan's greatest champions are Arizona's Republican senators, John McClain and Rick Flake. Both of them received campaign contributions from Rio Tinto, the British-Australian mining giant which owns Resolution Copper. Flake even worked as a lobbyist for Rio Tinto. And indeed, the law does mandate environmental impact studies and tribal consultations. But the law is worded in a way that the resolution will receive the land for mining regardless of the outcomes of those environmental assessments and consultations. So, we will give you a consultation, but no matter what you say about it, we're not going to do anything. They're treating the Native Americans in that area like they're three. Seriously. Because that's exactly what you do with a three-year-old. Are you tired? I'm not tired. Well, you're taking a nap anyway. Why we have the consultation then? Why'd you ask me? Why'd you let me voice my opinion? Why'd you let me get my hopes up? Why am I even here? This is sad. It is disgusting and it has to stop, but it won't. Because nobody is noticing. Every time that we think that somebody's going to step in and notice, something else happens that just brushes it off to the side. We'll put a pin in that and come back to it later on. Did you know that in 1830 there was an Indian Removal Act? I didn't know that. 
Well, we're talking about black history. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, I knew about the Trail of Tears. Kinda. Like, a little bit. I don't... Maybe if I took U.S. history again, I'd remember it better. But right now, I don't. And so, the Indian Removal Act of 1830 was passed by Congress... Uh, on May 28, 1830, during the presidency of Andrew Jackson, the law authorized the president to negotiate with Southern Indian tribes for their removal to federal territory west of the Mississippi River in exchange for their ancestral homelands. The act enjoyed strong support from the non-Indian people of the South, who were eager to gain access to lands inhabited by the Southeastern tribes. So, once again... Something that's going to benefit white people is lauded by white people at the expense of uh, non-white people who are then never able to get back to where they were initially. And overwhelmingly supported by the non-Indian people of the South. So I'm guessing that's like Florida. Um, Let's see. The Chickasaw, Choctaw, Muskegee Creek, Seminole, and original Cherokee nations referred to as the fucking five civilized tribes uh, were moved out. Native people were encouraged to, quote, convert to Christianity, learn to speak and read English, and adopt European-style economic practices such as the individual ownership of land and other properties, including, in some instances, the ownership of African slaves. I really want to look that up real quick. Uh, Indigenous Americans owning slaves. Let me see. Native... Because, you know, they're going to put Native American American slave owners. Cherokee Slave Revolt of 1842. That's talking about American Indian slave owners. Yes, that'll work just fine. Black slavery in America usually evokes images of the antebellum South, but few realize the members of the five civilized tribes, the Cherokees, Choctaws, Chickasaws, Creeks and Seminoles in Indian Territory, which today's Oklahoma, also had slaves. Like their counterparts in the South, indigenous American slave owners feared slave revolts. These fears came true in 1842 when slaves in the Cherokee Nation made a daring dash for freedom. In the 1830s and 1840s, initially at the insistence of President Andrew Jackson, the United States government forcibly removed the five civilized tribes from their homes in Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida to Indian Territory west of the Mississippi River. Their removal opened the land to white settlers and planters, white settlers and planters. When they moved, all the tribes took with them their established systems of slavery. Mixed blood Indians, which were the offspring of white traders and frontier men who married Indian women, were the principal slave owners in the tribes, largely because their fathers had taught them the economics of slavery. Tell me again how slavery or uh, how racism isn't learned. Anyhow. Those mixed-blood Indians remained tribal members and became important middlemen between white settlers and Indian communities. Many Cherokees depended on black slaves as the 
bridge to white to white society. Full blood Indian slave owners relied on the blacks as Indian as English interpreters and translators. By 1860, the Cherokees had 4,600 slaves, the Choctaws 2,344, the Creeks 1,532, the Chickasaws 975, and the Seminoles have 500. Some Indian slave owners were as harsh and cruel as any white slave master. Indians were often hired to catch runaway slaves. In fact, slave catching was a lucrative way of life for some Indians, especially the Chickasaws. Seminole attitudes towards slavery were different than those of other tribes. Never practicing chattel slavery, they took in fugitive slaves and claimed them as their own property to protect the blacks from slave catchers. In return, the blacks who lived in separate villages in the Seminole country gave livestock and crop tributes to the Indians. The blacks and Seminoles also formed a military alliance with the blacks serving the Indians as warriors and strategists. In some instances, the blacks would intermarry into the Seminole community. All of the tribes except for the Seminoles had slave codes. Even after their removal to Indian territory, the Seminoles allowed their slaves to carry weapons and own horses and other property. Until a treaty in 1845 provided for their relocation to the western area of the Creek Nation, the Seminoles lived in the Cherokee country around Fort Gibson Indian Territory. Before that, Cherokee and Creek slaveholders complained about the influence of Seminole slaves on their own slave population. The blacks locked their slaves and overseers or their masters and overseers in their houses and cabins while they slept. Then they burglarized the stores, stealing guns, horses, horses, mules, ammunition, food, and supplies. At daylight, the group, which included men, women, and children, headed towards Mexico where slavery was illegal. So when you say that you have an Indian in your family or you got Cherokee in you, there's a good chance. If your family is from Oklahoma, there's a good chance. I'm not going to front. But at the same time, we still need to recognize that uh, while white folks utilizing uh, indigenous Americans in that situation was beneficial for them, at some point that benefit dried up. They massacred uh, indigenous Americans and put them in hovel reservations and now it seems that nobody really cares about their livelihoods but we have to we have to do better because we will want them to look out for us I'm just saying Fat Man Wild, spin some more beats. Just single simulcast. What's up, black sheep? No, not who I am or when I'm coming, so you sleep. Wasn't in my room or wasn't in your sphere. Knew not who I was, but listen here. Press the R-E-S, yes, I guess I can start. If this all right with you, I'll rip this head on apart. Back, middle, to the front, no front. Want a good time, want to give you what you want. Can I hear a hey? hey. Now get it up. No. You got a hat? Just for the house. Oh. The styling is creative. Black sheep of the native. Can be Choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you 
cheap Even if we wanted to, the flock could not be weak Watch me swing like this, why should I swing it like that? Because in fact, on me it might not attract Therefore I ignore, I do as I feel inside I live with me, I've got my back tonight, you know what I'm saying? Yo, black, I'm not playing Need to go with this and go with this with no delay And see, in actuality, wonder can it be I made it look easy because it is to me Anytime capacity was filled, tried to rock it Anytime a honey gave us play, tried to knock it Never was a fool He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard, cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals with cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold, but if you lose, the devil gets your soul. up his case and he said I'll start this show and fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow and he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss and then a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this
the devil finished, Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son. But sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Granny said you don't back no child, no. devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat and he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at johnny's feet johnny said devil just come on back if you ever want to try again i done told you once you son of a bitch i'm the best there's ever been he played found a mountain run boy run devil's in the house of the rising sun but you can get the bread that i'm picking out though ready where you don't fight no child no That was simply sensational. Single Single simulcast simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. I, oh, I hate a lazy woman now with, with bras now. I like ladies. If you're the type of lazy bitch that just only do one or two hooks, and you got a three hook bra or you got a two hook bra, and you only do one hook. You's a lazy ass. Hook every single goddamn one. Hook them. <laughs> now you know what's even. Now you know what's even lazier than that. This this is probably like when you deep down in your relationship, when she don't want she don't. You want to you want to take the time, and she don't want to take the time, and she won't even take the bra all the way off. She just pulls the titty over the top. She's like here, and you like really, really. <laughs> you just gonna pull a single titty out, and the titty don't look like it want to be here at all. <laughs> the titty come out the bra like you again. <laughs> hey, what's happening, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Bad Advice Show with me and my partner. Baker Bone. You listen to us on the Coast of the Podcast. Make sure you support our sponsors to keep this show free. And we'll be back here today to tell you stuff that you shouldn't do, but you're going to do anyway because my voice is so soothing.
single simulcast, Batman Wild, Rashani. Still on my madman shit. I'm mad, man. I'm mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> not really that mad, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm perturbed. I'm a little bit uh, put out. Um, so, we here in America and a lot of other societies, but I really know about America because I freaking live here. Um, we have this issue. You know, with uh, gay uh, people, uh, bisexual people, lesbian people, transgender people, gender queer people, um, asexual people. We just have a lot of problems just absorbing the 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 understanding that. Really, that understanding that everybody is not heterosexual. We have a real big problem with understanding that everybody's not heterosexual. Everybody is not going to want to um, marry or see attractive the uh, person that you see attractive. We have a real hard problem wrapping our minds around that. We're like, okay, you may not like this girl. But this one right here, what about this one right Oh, you don't like her either? Well, what about this one right here? This one looks kind of, no, not this one. Well, what about this girl right here? It's like, no, it doesn't work. And we can't wrap our minds around it. And we're trying to say that this is a um, new thing that just started in the last 30 to 40 years. You know, gay people and lesbians have just popped out of nowhere and all these other ascriptions they put on themselves like bisexual and genderqueer that all started in the last 20 years with goth and emo nirvana came around and then bisexual people popped out of nowhere people started wearing eyeshadow and just didn't know who they were anymore it's like come on man seriously we never had gay people until bill clinton had sexual relations with that woman Monica Lewinsky. Come on, man. Seriously, are are you really trying to push that? If you are really trying to push that, if you're really serious about that, because a lot of people, I think that they're just completely, completely just uneducated about it. And and I'm going to say it over and over again. I'm not the best fount of information, but I am learning and I am trying. I would say check out uh, Phoenix... Kalita, um, or Lisa Loco, or um, Nazir, or Susie Carmichael, um, all of these folks you can follow on Facebook, um, check out William J. Jackson, check out the Father Teresa Wine Cellar, uh, check out Reading in the Shade, um, all of these things are on Facebook. And they'll all give you a much more in-depth look than I can give you. But what I can give you is me. All of me. I'm giving it all to you. Giving you my looks and imperfections. I don't know the rest of the song because fuck that song. Um, But for all y'all who are saying that it just started recently. Oh yeah, Gender Queer didn't start up until freaking nine inch nails did closer like come on man 
you'll have to excuse me. I just looked up to hear what my wife was saying, and yeah, what she said. Yeah, real talk. Um, I'm not gonna say that on the radio because you know. But what she said, if y'all heard that, y'all got really good hearing, and uh, that was deep. But yeah, um, issues on gender and sexuality are at the forefront, and I just want to say, my homeboy Nick. brother from another my homeboy nick has been saying this for many moons and and i it's just people don't want to hear when somebody talks if if they're on the same uh script over and over again i guess because nick has never deviated from this nick has never deviated from the fact that white folks are uh the reason why indigenous americans are no longer uh, prevalent in North America. Uh, he has no. He has never deviated from the fact that uh, police have killed little children in front of him. He has never deviated from the fact that he has. Uh, he was taken away from his parents at a very young age and raised by a young black girl. He's never deviated from none of that. So people tune him out because they're like, you know what? You're going to stop beating me over the head with this. I'm a racist stuff. I'm not a racist. I have two black friends. They sit next to me at work. Boo, those aren't your friends. Those are co-workers. There's a big fucking difference. When you're not there, they call you a yellow t-shirt and laugh behind your back. Anyhow, one thing that Nick constantly was saying is that uh, before any of us knew about indigenous Americans before any of us had came over here before white folks had landed here erroneously and started fucking shit up for everybody indigenous Americans had two spirit people and what two spirit people are is a person who has both a male spirit and a female spirit living within them and instead of them being shunned like y'all do with the folks who work at your job even though you smile in their face and all that they were actually looked at as a uh, as especially gifted due to the fact that they have both qualities inside of them. They were looked at as especially gifted. And this is coming from this article that I'm about to read is coming from the Cosmos Journal for Global Transformation. Um, Issues on gender and sexuality are at the forefront of human rights campaigns in society today. As a culture, America struggles to accept those who do not fall into the societally deemed normative category. See, I told you, fucking uh, hoobastank messed it up for everybody. As soon as uh, the, the reason came out, people just fell out their pants and just started wearing dresses. That's just how it, you can't say it didn't. But after colonization and as European culture spread its influence throughout the territories in Northern America, one of North America's indigenous people's most spiritual traditions became distorted. The Native American believed that members of their tribe who embodied both feminine and masculine characteristics were gifted with two spirits. Since the indigenous people of America focused more on a person's spirit to define their character, sexual orientation was not an identity factor. Instead, what spirit, male or female, they embodied uh, determined who they were. If both were present, they were looked at as especially gifted. 
What is quite unfamiliar to dominant culture today is that Native Americans not only raised these two-spirit members above others, but they understood them as existing not of either gender, but as a transcendence of the two. These people would include androgynous males and females, feminine males and masculine females. Instead of seeing two-spirit persons as transsexuals who try to make themselves into the opposite sex, it is more accurate to understand them as individuals who take on a gender status that is different from both men and women, said Walter L. Williams, author of The Spirit and the Flesh. Many of the two-spirit people would be involved in same-sex relationships, which was viewed as perfectly natural and encouraged by the rest of the tribe. In fact, it was seen as an advantage to be married to or in a relationship with a two-spirit person as they were able to take on tasks attributed to both men and women. In Navajo tradition, a nadle, meaning one who is transformed person, was considered to be an economical asset to have in the extended family and community. Nadles would take care of many of the children and elderly relatives as well as become the adopted parents of homeless children. Beyond the Navajo, the gender, the cross-gender identity has been documented across 155 tribes of Native North Americans, and in almost all cases, two spirits were revered, taking on important community roles including healers, medicine people, visionaries, and caregivers. In the 20th century, however, a dark shadow was cast across the two-spirit persons and beliefs as Euro-American Christian ideas on sexuality and gender permeated North American culture. The respect for same-sex love, transgender, and androgynous persons disappeared and was replaced with homophobia and the demand to conform to socially accepted gender roles. Many two-spirited people, many two-spirit people became closeted among their community and beyond. Some conformed to the roles deemed acceptable, and others committed suicide, feeling unable to be themselves in a prejudiced culture. As with many communities struggling to regain a voice, the two-spirit people are still facing discrimination from outside and within their community today. So, these issues that you're saying are plaguing America, such as homosexuality and things of that nature, things that you're saying are running rampant and are showing uh, that uh, the country that God made for us is falling apart. It was here before you got here. So, knowing that you were the virus, how does that make you feel? Seriously, if something was there before you got there and you came out there and you tried to change it and fix it, and you tried to alter their way and you tried to invade their uh, lifestyle to make it something in your mind better but in their mind worse doesn't that make you a virus and we've changed so much culture here in America we changed so many things here in America doesn't that say something about us don't, don't we want to look into why did an entire, well, not an entire, but a large majority of the original tribes are no longer here. The ones who are here are being herded into reservations and persecuted and taken out. 
They're dying from the results of the virus, from the remnants of the virus that we brought upon them. Not we, really, white people. I'm just saying, Andrew Jackson wasn't my president. So I'm just curious, like, what do y'all think about that? What do you think about the idea that uh, two-spirit people should still be revered in our nation instead of dying at horrific rates? Just a couple days ago, a young lady uh, committed suicide, uh, purchased some seeds online for $5, ingested them, and they killed her. It was suicide pills, basically suicide seeds. Um, she was, uh, identifying as a young lady, but she was still transitioning. Her name was Layla. In the article that was written about Layla, her mom refused to recognize her as a young lady. The newspaper or the article refused to recognize her as a young lady. The headline refused to recognize her as a young lady. And we stand there and wonder, why are people so scared to be themselves? Hey, you fucking epithet, racial slur, uh, sexual, uh, just put downs, put downs and put downs. You shouldn't be here. You're nasty. You are a bad look upon America. And, and, and we all hate you. Hey, you little little kid, don't be afraid to be yourself. Like, really, what the fuck? How can we say that to one person and on the other hand just turn around and completely denigrate, malign, ignore, humiliate, pursue, destroy, discount, dismiss the people standing right next to us? And it wasn't that long ago. It's still going on. Alabama just, their Supreme Court just passed gay marriage. Like two days ago. Wasn't that long ago that here in California, they were running full on attack ads against people who, against gay people who wanted to get married. California, dog. We're always lauded as the most progressive. The, the, the saying here in California is whatever we do, people copy us. So pretty soon, y'all all going to be in a drought, too, motherfuckers. Just prepare yourself. Um, God don't like ugly. <laughs> um, and in Montana, y'all ugly as shit. Um, I take that back. Montana, you're not ugly. You just need to fix your hair up a little bit and do some makeup. Um, but it's like we are... At the forefront of all of these things, including being the first group to say no to gay marriage. When Gray Davis was uh, getting recalled, that was one of the things that was on the ballot, gay marriage. And then when Arnold Schwarzenegger was elected by the Republicans, again, gay marriage. And it kept getting shot down until finally it passed. And you know what happened? Nothing. The world kept going. Nothing stopped. Nobody died. Nobody set themselves on fire. Jesus didn't come down from heaven and say, that's it. That's what I've been waiting for. 
And by the way, while I'm on the subject of Jesus, old people, old black folks, I don't know if white people do this. I don't. I just know what happened to me when I was a kid and I went to black church. Why are you so convinced that God is coming on New Year's Day? Every single year. New Year's Eve, y'all could be doing fuck all all year long. And New Year's Eve, you're in the church. Why? Do you think he has a calendar? The Bible says man knows not the day nor the time the Lord shall return. So why are y'all in there every single year on Christmas, New Year's, even Easter? Like he's watching you to see when you show up. And why are y'all putting type A man for a blessing on Facebook like he's reading that stuff too? Whatever social media app Jesus got, it is beyond your recognition. He got God book or something. He up there chatting with Moses. Why he going to take time out to see what you liked or disliked? (sighs) Boy, that's always on my mind. Always on my chest. Anyways, more fuckery. Uh, Georgia teacher. A Georgia high school student was reduced to to tears during a recent interview after recalling what she says her teacher said to her in front of her entire class. Shania Hunter, a junior at Greene County High School, was recording her lessons on her school-issued iPad in December when she said she asked the teacher a question and he became upset. She alleges that the teacher called her dumb and added that her purpose was, quote, to have sex and children. The comments were recorded on the iPad and a male voice could be heard on the recording saying, I've been around 37 years and clearly you are the dumbest girl I've ever met. You know what your purpose is going to be? To have sex and have children because you ain't never going to be smart. I'm just going to stop right there and uh, point out that in his statement saying that she ain't never going to be smart, He used both the words ain't and gonna. Not really a good look, teach. Anyhow, quote, it really hurt me inside, Shania told the news station. I don't think it's okay. I don't think he should be here, end quote. Shania's mom, Kathy Wright, reported the incident to the school district but was dissatisfied with the response. She said that she doesn't know if the teacher was ever disciplined but added that he still teaches at the school. Attorney Ben Wyndham took the case pro bono after learning of the incident. Quote, this man does not need to be teaching young children. It's not a gray area. End of story, Wyndham said. WSB-TV contacted Greene County Schools to find out if any action had been taken against the teacher. According to the news station, the school district will respond only by saying there were limits on what it could say publicly. Wright assured her sobbing daughter that the fight was not over. We're going to fight. We're going to keep fighting until it's over, she said, and it's not over yet, end quote. So, um, I was laughing earlier today um, at a video that one of many Hotep niggas put on Facebook. Um, and I'm going to play it real quick, and then I'm going to read what he says. And then, brothers, niggas, gentlemen... Fellas, homies, gangsters, suwoos, lokes, I guess. We gonna talk. Hold up. 
I don't be like, look at that little short dude dancing. You know, I be like with my vibrations. Yo, brother, your humble servant, yada, yada, that message. Now, let's, let me deal with something because a lot of people not understand what I'm saying. Please comprehend. Get off that European doctrine. When you're dealing with a spiritual, when you're dealing with your vibrations, when you're uplifting your own frequencies, you don't deal with philosophy. Philosophy was written by men that enslaved your people. I'm not dealing with racism. I'm not dealing with hate because I, I can't hate. I love too much. I have too much love that, that lives inside me to allow hate to live inside me. Love and hate can't live inside the same vessel at the same time. It's impossible. That's why when a person's angry, they can't be happy. And when they're happy, they can't be angry. I'm going to stop right there and say that this nigga's stupid and everything that this nigga going to say going forward is stupid and should not be taken seriously by anybody anywhere. Um, also, love and hate can be within the same person. And it's going to get worse. You have to understand philosophy. The same people that told you about you're supposed to have a mental cycle. First... European doctrine was written off European women. Their philosophy was... He said, and I quote, the same doctrine that said that you're supposed to have a menstrual cycle was written by European doctrine for European women. So, you're not supposed to have a menstrual cycle, women. According to this dude who doesn't have a menstrual cycle and has really no nothing to do with menstrual cycles. It's saying that you're not supposed to have a menstrual cycle. Um, I'm going to keep going. Into the menstrual cycle was written off the European woman, not the African. Their ancestors was not running around. They were not running around bleeding all over the place. No, why? Because they ate natural foods. Your ancestors, your black women, your ancestors were not running around bleeding all over the place. Why? I'm glad you asked. They weren't bleeding all over the place because they ate natural food. That's right. Baby, the reason why women have a menstrual cycle is because of chick fucking filet and McDonald's. And soda and Kool-Aid and Illuminati. Let's go. You might say, God, I'm a vegetarian. Vegetarian is nothing but a, a, a meat eater without the meat. You still eating stuff. A vegetarian is nothing but a meat eater without the meat. Let's let's ponder the logic on that. Let's go ahead and just chill. Hmm. God didn't produce starch. Starch is not natural. Nature does not produce starch. You might say, yeah, I thought you said the woman is God. On this planet, the woman is God, but don't think that Wait, wait. Starch is not natural. Vegetables are natural, but starch is not natural, but isn't wait i'm gonna ask my wife real quick because i'm not sure baby isn't starch and potatoes okay so a potato with a starch um starch 
is natural because a potato is a starch and potatoes are natural. But let's get back to this brother telling me what's not natural and why that's causing young ladies and uh, women, apparently just women of color, is his only issue. White women can have all the periods they want. But uh, yeah, periods. Something did not create her. We have to deal with intelligence. Stop dealing in ignorance. When you deal in it. There's nothing funnier to me than when a dumb nigga tells us to stop dealing with ignorance and deal with intelligence. Reborn hotep niggas make me just stunningly sick. Intelligence, you're not trying to argue or debate your brother. You're trying to learn and grow with your brother. Even if you don't. Also, this nigga's wearing an onk hat like uh, Queen Latifah in the ladies' first video. Just so you can picture that. Understand my doctrine. That's fine because my doctrine is not meant for everybody. My doctrine is only meant for royalty. Facts. And peasants will never understand this. My doctrine is only meant for gods. Facts. Devils will never understand that. And I'm not calling a white man a devil. So bunch of you black devils run around too. Let's keep it 1,000. So put the bash your brother. Or I'm going to let that keep going. Bash your sister or call him out the name. You ain't nothing but some black devils running around looking like some... What the old school dudes say? You're looking like a cum. You're looking like a cum. Stop acting like a cum. Okay. Now, let's break this down. Simple math. Because Simple you cannot math. have science without math. Math is the foundation. Just like love is the foundation of life, math is the foundation of everything. And if you look at nature, math is all you see. Correct? Correct. Two plus two or one plus one or whatever you see. Check it out. This is about to get real fucky. I just want to let you guys know. Life is all work. Blood. 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 Blood is the river of life. Period. Without blood, there's no life. Correct? Plus. Waste. Trees don't bleed, but they're alive. Waste. Is the unnatural things you put inside your body. Waste. The so-called carrots. The so-called broccoli. The so-called carrots and the so-called broccoli. The so-called bread and the so-called wheat. All that stuff that you think is healthy for you, it's not. Well, yeah, I don't eat white bread. I eat wheat bread. Wheat is not natural. That's man-made. Look, I can't take it anymore. Wheat is not natural. Wheat is man-made. Therefore, if you eat wheat and think you're natural, you're actually not. Let me just break this down really quick. This dude, bottom line, is saying that uh, having a menstrual cycle is unhealthy. And the only reason why a woman has one is because her body is sick. The same person, the same people who told you about your menstrual cycle are the same ones who gave you your diet. Um... I can't deal with niggas who constantly try and dismiss, disparage, and discount the black woman and what the black woman does, and then turn around and try and say, I love them and celebrate them. You can't celebrate one piece without celebrating the whole. You can't. This dude is just gone. 
Any herbalist that tells you that they can cure you of any disease with just alkaline foods and natural herbs are complete liars. First, one must understand your biochemistry. Second, one must understand your personal needs. Third, one must understand the difference between natural herbs and hybrid herbs. Fourth, one must understand the power of fasting. When a person understands these steps completely, curing HIV will be like curing the common cold. Also, my beautiful sisters, having a menstrual cycle is not natural. Do not allow these people to tell you that it is. Your ancestors were not running around bleeding all over the place. The reason you have a menstrual cycle is because of all the unnatural food you put into your body. Please do not just believe me. Change your diet and you will know what I speak as a fact. I, I just want to say that um, people who are eating naturally are also having menstrual cycles. Um, the funny thing about menstrual cycles which isn't funny, is that in countries where people are eating naturally and thus having menstrual cycles, they are also being sent away uh, to uh, menstrual shacks. They are sent out of their homes in a lot of places, a lot of third world countries, they are sent out of their homes into another place because people believe that the menstrual cycle contains demons. Hold on one second. It's just, it's concerning to me how quickly stupidity takes root. I think that's, I think that's what's getting me most concerned is that this dude who uh, sounds a lot like Damon Wayans from In Living Color when he was playing that dude that was fresh out or who was still in but had learned how to read and was all of a sudden liberated and educated people are taking his word as the gospel truth so when he says stuff like you cannot be a good parent and have overweight children you cannot be overweight and be close to God you cannot be overweight and be conscious. You cannot be overweight and intelligent. Stop making excuses. You were not born with big bones. When I see stuff like that, it makes me sad. Because just like with Donald Trump, there's people out there who are dumb enough to actually believe and follow this dude's lack of intellect as intellect. And it doesn't benefit anybody. The sins of the parents fall on the children. That statement means what you eat affects your children that is not even born yet. If you're eating acidic foods, you have to remember your children are blood of your blood and flesh of your flesh. If your children are being born with missing limbs, unable to see, unable to hear, having problems focusing and concentrating, I want you to remember the sin of the parents fall on the children. So, because I eat citrus, my kid is going to be missing a leg? Because citrus is acidic, that's why there's a citric acid. Are you saying that because I use vinegar, my kids are gonna grow up different than everybody else? I just, I'm unable. I'm unable to can. That's that's basically where I'm at right now. I am literally unable to keep going forward. 
so. Yep. I think I'm gonna do this, and then I think I'm gonna end it. Not, not myself, I mean the show. Not, not myself, don't worry. Um, no, I'm not gonna do that. These stories are just so, we live in a world that is just so unrecognizable. It's just so bad right now. And it's not bad for all of us. It's, it's actually, I would deign to think that the world as we know it right now is not nearly as bad for me as it is for my wife. I would just actually... I would believe that uh, due to the fact that um, even though she's way more intelligent than I am, way more fiscally sound than I am, way more responsible than I am, way more a lot of things than I am, chances are when it's all said and done, I will make more money than her. I will be looked at as more of a uh, fountain knowledge than she will be. I will be looked at as... Basically, everything, every compliment under the book other than a nurturer will be bestowed upon me before it gets bestowed upon my wife every day. Send out an email the wrong way. She's an angry black woman. Answer the phone and not uh, say the right things. She's looked at as unintelligent. Doesn't talk to her co-workers for a couple days because fuck her fucking co-workers. She's looked at as a problem within the office. She's not given a chance to just be herself. She has to be something else. And on top of everything else that she's looked at as she's black. And she's a lady. Never really dawned on me how hard of a life that must be. And you know what? I'm talking about it. She's standing right here. I could really have her sit down and tell you what her life is like. I don't know if she'd do it. My wife is intensely private sometimes, but I'm curious. I really am. I'm curious to know what life is like for a black woman on a day-to-day basis. I really want somebody to bust that down for me. So I'm going to beg her. Hold on one second. If she says no, I'll be right back. Hey, hi, everybody. This is Nisha. I understand where Derek is coming from. I don't know that in the workplace necessarily I get a lot of flack I mean my name is Johnisha so when people look at my application and my resume they pretty much know who's going to walk in the door to get the interview or even whose resume it is based on my name I mean that isn't always the case I have met other people with my name who aren't black but only a couple um So, I mean, there's that. There are a lot of non-black people, a lot of white women um, who I work with don't have a whole lot in common with them other than the fact that they have biracial children. And so we will talk about, you know, hair textures and things like that and different products that you can use and all of that. But 
that doesn't change, you know, anything uh, as far as I'm concerned. We're just sharing life stories. Uh, the biggest thing I think that comes to mind is going shopping in stores. Um, I go to this high-end store uh, and y'all go shopping for purses and bags and different things and recently I've had an experience where it's like okay I'm shopping they have this huge sale on the Michael Kors bags and I'm going and grabbing a bag mind you they have the um, alarm things attached to each of the bags and there's a section that's specifically selling them looking at them myself and another lady comes along and she's a white woman she looks at the bags we both pick up a bag that we like go take it to pay for it and you know it's like hey do you have to pay here and she asked the question and I was just like hey alright you know it's like no she was told by the salesman no you don't have to. You can go ahead and, you know, if you have other shopping to do, you can take your bag. Okay, cool. So I hear that. I'm going and walking away to go finish the rest of my shopping. It's like, oh, wait, I need to check your bag in. Well, what's the difference between her and I? She was just told that she can take her bag and that I now don't have to take my bag I need to check it in and you can bring it up to the register when I'm done or I can pay for it here why am I less trustworthy and the only difference between her and I were the color of our skin so we do get that same profiling I guess that guys might get women do more shopping most times than guys so you may not come across that as often but I do things, you know, in the office that make myself stand out. So I don't think that I'm looked at negatively. Um, so that's my take. But out and about, yeah, it still gets the same treatment. I think that black males, you know, might encounter with someone looking at you and thinking that, oh, maybe you're not as educated as, you know, the next person, or, no, you really, why are you in this store shopping? You shouldn't be here. You know, no, you don't know the next person's financial situation, their educational background. You don't know their beliefs. Um, but, you know, that's the, I guess, extent my perspective on what it is being a black woman based on my own uh, experiences. How are your experiences when um, dealing with other black men? Like when you talk to black men or black women about your experiences, do you feel like they discount you because you're a woman or anything of that nature? Um, I, in having recent conversations um, with some of my friends who are black women, um, a lot of the things that we discuss, um, we are always quick to think maybe it's about our race, 
But sometimes I don't think it's about necessarily being black. Sometimes it's about just being a woman. Not necessarily I'm a black woman, but just because I'm a woman, you're typecast into different roles or different things that you should be doing. Or you shouldn't be in management. You shouldn't, you know, have certain positions or certain things that should be unattainable. I think society still feels that way. And I think that that is something that a lot of women are plagued by. I don't necessarily think it's something that's just specific to being a black woman. Um, but I think just being a woman, we are treated differently because of our gender. Do you feel like uh, black men give you as much support as you give black men? I don't think so. Um, black men, I think, still see us as competition, or they see us as, you know, hey, you shouldn't be here, you should be, you know, maybe at home, not working, taking care of some kids, you're taking up a space that, you know, we have, or they think that, you know, it's, hey, ma, you know, what's up, honey? You know, it's, it's just a way that they approach black women, I think would be different than how they would approach a white woman or a woman, maybe maybe another minority woman, but I I think that it's different, you know, with, with black women. Black women get typecast a lot of times as, you know, well, we're headstrong or we think that we have to be so independent, which women in general have worked hard to be independent. But, yeah, I take pride in being that way. And black men always try to throw, well, you need to learn how to depend on somebody or that you don't have to do everything on your own or you just need to take a step back. Why? I'm a woman who is very ambitious. I can achieve the same success, if not greater, than you can. So I don't think that there's... A, a reason for anyone to be negative or to have that perspective towards black women. You know, everyone always treats people a certain way based on your own experiences. We all have our own biases. However, you know, everyone deserves a chance. And I don't think that that's something that either side, you know, sometimes gives the other room for with our uh, young, with our, we have four kids, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with younger generations, what do you think can be done to help fix this divide between black men and black women or uh, black boys and black girls? What can we teach our kids growing up so they, they might be able to make a difference in the way we view each other in the future? Um, I think that the first thing is to, I mean, just teach them that everyone is equally capable you know that and I have to say that I am um, I fall into those gender role you know casting because I'm always I was brought up by a single mom who's like I had brothers 
and it was their job. You guys take out the trash, you guys do the yard work, you guys do all of that. So that's something that I do a lot, I know, to you and the boys. I'll get out there and I'll do it. I don't have a problem doing it, but I'm just always like, well, you guys should be doing this. I shouldn't have to get out there and do it like I can help, but it shouldn't be, you know, me being the primary person doing it. So I am guilty of that. I am working on it, <laughs> but um, I think that part of that, even within our household is for me to not do things such as that, um, to, you know, help them to know that we all need to work together and that we uplift and encourage and support one another. I think that our um, eight-year-old Captain, our kid awesome, mm -hmm. has a chance to be a real difference maker in regards to the way that he sees his gender role. Uh, today I know he sent to a text message. Um, he did. Talking about women's rights. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, women's rights. Um, women have civil rights. Women's rights are important. And coming from an eight-year-old, it's like, really? What do you know about, you know, all of that? But we have those conversations, you know, and, and when things happen in the news, we sit down and talk to, you know, our kids as a family, certain things. I will say, um, and a lot of things, you will follow up and give your perspective. There are things that I have no idea um, about or maybe the best way to approach it um, because I'm not a man, you know, I'm not a black man. So while I can see it from my perspective, I don't have the same lens, you know, that you do. But, yeah, it is important to teach your kids and to model those things um, at home, to encourage it at school, to you know, say, hey, you don't have to just have friends that look like you. We teach our kids, hey, you hang around like-minded people. You want to be, you know, and, and a high achiever, uh, then you should be with people who are also high achievers, who dream big, who think that they can do anything but fail. And so I think that's the, the start, you know, and, and also saying, you know, hey, yeah, you will have, you know, friends or be acquainted with people or be environments that are different from the one that you're brought up in. But you can still be yourself no matter who it is that you're around. I think with Devin, the difference between him and our other children is he's grown up with, you know, living in the suburbs, you know, and having all of these great things. A lot of them are hand-me-downs, but he doesn't know. People look at us and... I don't know how many people have said that we're rich. I'm like, God, can my bank account reflect that? Can <laughs> I mean, just the, we are definitely doing well for ourselves. We are able to, you know, provide a great lifestyle for our, our kids. And we do things that I think families 
should do and that hopefully our children will carry that forward with their children um, or godchildren if they never have their own children. So that way there's continued growth. There is not a stagnation that takes place. They know that there are things, there are places outside of Sacramento. There are communities beyond the one that we live every day. Those are things that I didn't necessarily have to deal with growing up, but a lot of the kids that I went to school with, young adults that, you know, I grew up with, they haven't seen outside of the ghetto, you know, or they don't know anything. Maybe they've gone from here to the Bay Area. They've never been outside of California. You know, they don't know what it's like to go on a cruise or to fly on a plane. And, you know, so those are things that we're showing our kids. The world is broad. The country is broad. But at the same time, there are people who are going to look at you and judge you based on just your appearance. Before you open your mouth, they already think they have you figured out. So you prove them, you know, wrong. Just be you and be the best you that you can be. Now, in, in, in regards to marathons and sprints, mm-hmm. with the marathon being 26.2 miles, being a longer distance like 100 yards, in regards to relationships between black men and black women, black women and white women, just black women in general, would you say that y'all are still at near the beginning of this marathon, uh, nearing the middle, or have you guys reached the apex and now you guys are on the easy street back down towards the finish line? Um, I say with black men and, and black women, uh, I think that we are probably more towards the, the middle. Um, it depends... I mean, everything just depends on that person's perspective, their life experiences. And so you can encounter one person who is, you know, like, oh, no, I want anything to do with a black woman, you know, because their upbringing or or what they've seen was totally negative. So they then shift that experience to all black women. And so that's where I say... Um, it, it would depend on the person um, that you're dealing with. But just in general, I think that we are are halfway there. A lot of that has to do with, you know, where we were. Black people were brought here. We were, you know, put on a boat, which ideally, how many of us were on that boat and how few white men? We really should not have even made it across. So anyway... Um, I digress. When we got here, we were separated. You know, black men had to see their wives being raped and beaten and then being left and sometimes to have to bear a child that isn't their own or to see, hey, my my wife was treated this way. And every time now you look at her, you feel that disgust because of what someone else did to her. So I think from our ancestors, we still fester a lot of that um, frustration and hatred, and we haven't grown beyond that. I mean, we are people who are still living in the country where this 
started from. You know, you think of um, Jewish people, for instance. A lot of them migrated, and I'm sure those people who are still living there uh, in Germany, they have to relive those things. But those that have made it here, they don't have those same experiences because they're not faced with it every day. But we are. Uh, and so I think we still have a long way to go to heal um, from all of the oppression um, that has happened with our people. Um, with black women and white women, I really don't, I don't know, I don't really see them as, I mean, they're another woman. I don't really, you know, see them as big competition. I am just a confident person, sometimes um, maybe a little arrogant, but, you know, I'm, I'm like, whatever, whatever you can do, I can do it. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think that as far as me, I'm, yeah, probably like, okay, whatever. I am at the finish line with some people, maybe at the beginning, if they try to act like they know what it is to be black. No, no, you don't. Let me correct you on that. You'll never understand. You'll never be able to relate or be able to know, you know, what it was. So, yeah, like I said, for me, everything is subjective um, based on the individuals. If Donald Trump runs for presidency, can we move to Canada? <laughs> yeah, sure. We just totally uproot our family. Appreciate you, though. <laughs> yeah, you better. Thanks so much for stopping by. Appreciate you. <laughs> You're welcome, honey. Sangloter toute ma peine Il faisait sombre autour de nous Et le soir sentait la verveine Le front caché sur tes genoux j'ai sangloté toute ma peine Il faisait sombre autour de nous Et le soir sentait la verveine Mon cœur battait à triste coups Comprenant sa tendresse veine Le front caché sur Genoux, j'ai sangloté toute ma peine. Tu me disais des mots très doux, mais je les entendais à peine. Je revivais. 
scène où je faisais des rêves fous, le front caché sur tes Je le veux 